The Hump, episode four, Parenting Ain't Easy. Welcome to The Hump, your show for how to get one over in this thing called life. This is Brent Bowen. Chad Beeland. Look, I've got it memorized. Can you believe that? You did not pick up your notes. I'm still holding mine. <laughs> choose not to look I, at I'm going to see if I can go note-free. We'll see if I can go note-free. so much better at this. Yeah. Well, only episode four, right? So. Oh, I know. You know, when we do like, you know, what comedies that do like, what, 30 episodes a season? You know what I mean? You know, by that time, we'll. Really be humming. We'll be humming. We'll need the notes. Even, yeah. G- even Jimmy Fallon still uses the note card. Yeah, exactly. So We need those blue fancy ones, though. Yeah, well, yeah, I know. My printer doesn't print out blue fancy ones. but So, Beer of the Week, you and I were already, although it was funny, we've still got I Should Make It Rain with uh, Wax Confetti. So, <laughs> <Hey>, uh, <laughs> got Deschutes, the Black Butt, Deschutes Beer. We've actually been to this brewery. We have been to this brewery. Very One nice of my brewery. favorite, the fresh squeezed distilled, mm-hmm. based out of Portland, Oregon. I don't know if that mm-hmm. we went to the the tasting room in Portland. I don't know yeah, if they're, they're actually technically in Bend, Oregon. Are they in Bend? Okay, yes. I've not been to Bend, Oregon, nor have I. But yeah. you have to say Bend, Oregon, not Bend over. Just yeah, just making sure yeah, you get that right. We were in uh, at their tasting room. It was a huge place. At the time, we didn't know we were getting into. I remember you helped a guy uh, repair his guitar. After that tasting room visit. Do you remember that? There was a street musician and he was struggling. He broke a string. Oh, okay. And you, you helped him with, you ran over like it was an urgent ER room scenario. EMT. EMT type scenario and, and broke out your flashlight and it was like musical emergency. Was that before? Oh, I do remember that now. Now that you put it that way. Uh, Was that before or after the bucket of urine got thrown at us? That was. Before the bucket of urine, okay. the bucket of urine happened on the way to Voodoo Donuts. Uh, the, yes, on the yeah. way to Voodoo Donuts. But I also remember about Deschutes. I love this beer. This is one of my this porter. So this is Black Butte. It's not just a regular Black Butte porter though. This is like the their special anniversary beer. edition. Their anniversary edition. I think it's last year's 29th anniversary birthday reserve. Um, the one thing I love this <clears> beer. <throat> the one other thing I remember about Deschutes. Because remember that beer I had that was by far and away the peatiest. It was a Scotch ale. Yeah, it was. They used the uh, term "wee heavy," yes. and it it literally seemed like they soaked like peat moss in a glass, added alcohol, and it became beer. Yeah. I think Swamp Thing was living in that glass. Swamp Thing, yes, it was living in that. That's glass. good for the immune system. <sighs> At least my immune system. I think it was okay. Becca had a rough weekend that weekend with her. Just she didn't feel well that weekend. Yeah, that was a rough. That was a great play. I love that play. I mean, I want to go back to Oregon so bad, but she, that was a rough weekend. We had a dog pass away, or we sick that weekend. That was kind of a tough, a tough weekend. So um, we need to toast a couple folks yes. this week. Yes. So speaking of ill, but quasi on the mend, we have a family member I want to toast. I don't want to mention by name, Becca. Doesn't want me to mention him by name, but he's in our hearts and, and our thoughts. His um, family member that 
just had uh, brain surgery last week. Mm -hmm. He's terminal basically with uh, with cancer, but to kind of prolong his life and make um, better his life yeah. um, while he's still with us. He had uh, surgery last week that's going to help him out, provide some relief, which is awesome. So I want to toast to him. Indeed. Yes. Some tough shit. Tough guy, though. I mean. Yeah. I yeah can't even imagine. I would be like quivering on the ground, you know, crying and. And he's living well past his diagnosis, which, yeah, is exactly. which is phenomenal and just has such a tremendous sense of humor. It's, it's phenomenal. Yes. And it's probably somebody else in a little bit more of a levity kind of over the, yeah, I feel kind of superficial when you put it that way. <laughs> well, I thought I brought it to your attention because I thought it was such an awesome story. It man. is. And, and you know, we're, we're both getting older, yeah. but, um, there's always still that, that slight glimmer of hope that the NBA is going to call someday and, <laughs> They're going to want like a shortish NBA wise, you know, overweight white guy in his forties to, you know, kind of be the, the catalyst that takes a team to the championship. But, uh, no, I mean, Andre Ingram from my, from my Lakers. I yes. Mean, huge Laker fan. Uh, have been since when I was a little kid when I lived in LA, but, um, uh, 32 year old rookie. Now, granted, it's the end of the season. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the end not of the like season. they, they drafted him, but, uh, I'll give the nod to any 32-year-old Brook that's going to come in. And he took care of business. He got 19 opening points. Night, opening night was knocking down threes from everywhere. And it, from everything I saw, I haven't been able to read all the clippings. or I saw a spot on the news. Yeah. Uh, apparently, he's a, a, a teaching. He's a teacher. To, I mean, he's been playing in the minor leagues. The G League. The G League for years. I didn't know there was a G League. I knew the D League, but yeah, it's kind of like Crash Davis from Bull Durham. I mean, yeah. he's been in the been yeah. playing in AAA for twenty years, and then finally gets his call. To and then not only to get the call, but to go into the game and then perform like he did. Nineteen points. That's nuts. I mean, you know, Andre Ingram. A Andre Ingram. Toast to all the to all we old men. So uh, where where were we? We were basically uh, waxing poetic that we were both going to make it to the NBA because of Andre Ingram that, you know, he's inspired us. We're going to quit our jobs and start making, you know, huge bank. As a mop boy, I might make it into the NBA. I, you know, when they hit the floor, their shoulders hit the floor and they rub all that sweat underneath I, the basket. I think that's my calling there. I could shoot like 100% from the field if I'm like, you know, standing right under the basket. I'll draw some fouls. I'm not going to make a lot of free throws, but I'm uh, just, you're thinking 10 for 10, maybe? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I could do that. Do 10 for 10. You know, Out of 100, I would think you might miss one. Maybe. Maybe. But, All right. Uh, so what what have you been up to the last couple of weeks? Uh, well, last week. you We did this last week. So yes. although my, you know, my advanced stage in life, my memory's starting to go. So, well... And then well, I actually might be going because you and I put in some work on your tap tour, <laughs> your KC tap tour. So I appreciate you being a sidecar for yeah. that. It's entertaining. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good one. All right, folks, if you joined in, we dropped once. I don't know what's going on with the Facebook servers. I think uh, Mark Zuckerberg's testimony has uh, yeah. just flattened, flattened Facebook there. today. So it hasn't been a good week for Zuckerberg. No. And we're just using it to record, people. Come on. Leave it up just for another day. We can find an alternative next week. So, anyway, that was cool. And then uh, this week, you mentioned Saturday, we've got the uh, Kansas City Young Audiences 
Yeah, garage, garage band, garage band showcase. And your wife did commit, right? Hey, I'm putting you on the air. You're, you're live and in stereo. She committed. She committed. Okay. Yeah, I'm down. Like if it involves brunch, beer, and music, I'm you know I'm good. Yeah, it's it's gonna be cool. We'll and I'll put I'll put a link in the the comments. But basically, you know, it's a bunch of teenage kids that are just gonna rock out, trying to fulfill their dream, just yeah. like me and you getting to the NBA. So yes. That'll be cool. I'm excited. And we'll take, we're going to take an actual musician with us to witness this. So he'll he'll be a guest. A professional musician. Professional. Is he getting paid? He's doing what he loves. I mean, he's He's getting paid in glory. Yeah. I think, I think they're getting a nominal payment because I think some of their music's been optioned for. Last time I talked to him was, he said NASCAR and maybe some other sporting leagues. But NASCAR, man. And we're definitely going to have him on the show. Is uh, Scott Cameron? Good guy. He's a guitarist for Beyond, Beyond the, the Gray. Gray. Yeah, local Kansas City kind of alt rock band. That uh, they're what's the shtick? Beyond the Gray symbol. They're all about fifty yes. or forty. It's like kind of an age thing, but man, they can wail. Man, they rock. Yeah, we've seen we saw them last November. Seen them a couple times. Yeah, yeah, definitely, okay. definitely saw them last November, and uh, they've done a couple. They did a show at Harris, you know, a week or so ago, and we'll have Scott on. Yeah. So when are we gonna have guests? When are you going to be ready to have a guest? I don't know. I'm kind of like selfish. I kind of like the time all to myself, but uh, we still need to work out some logistics. I mean, there's really nowhere to put anybody, but you can put them right in your lap. How do you feel about yeah. that? Not a fan. <laughs> we'll work that out. More to come. Okay. So Becca, I think Becca and I Friday are going to sneak out and go see them on Friday the 13th. Uh, Emma, Emma saw my daughter and she What'd was you like, think? Well, you know, I'd take that, you know, in green. She small. saw that, and then you're texting me about whether get out. One's PG-13, hand- one's rated R. Is A Quiet Place PG-13? Yes. Oh, okay. And Get Out's rated R? Yes. I have to go uh, dissect Get Out now and figure out why it's rated R. Probably for language. There's some gore, serious gore the last five I, minutes. Yeah. It lasts maybe a minute. The gore factor... Is not high throughout the movie, but then in the last scene mm. or two, not the last scene, but it's, you know, 80, 90% of the way in the movie, there's one scene where it gets pretty gory. See, this is, uh, you know, good parenting. This is what we're talking about. That today. is what we're talking We said parenting ain't easy is the topic. No, and not. so, yeah, so she saw it. Okay, so what did she think? Uh, uh, she quiet it place. Was really good. She's like, very well done, and it was kind of, you know... Uh, I don't think there's a lot of lines in the movie. It's pretty much just kind of quiet. Um, so it's kind of just that building suspense thing. I heard the premise was interesting. The fact that it was, that, you know, it was constantly quiet throughout the movie. There yeah. was only momentary spikes in audio. Mm-hmm. And I keep looking at Jay's leaning forward like there's something wrong again. And I'm going to keep waving my hand mm-hmm. until he gives me it. We're okay. Okay. So... Matter of fact, there were some comedians in late night talking about Becca and I, I have to have a conversation with her to remind her that, you know, this thing is quiet throughout because she's notorious for bringing a big bag and sneaking snacks into the movie. It's kind and of it, uh, a carryover from our Triple D from last week. Yes. Yes. And she's, they're the kind of snacks that are not quiet. Oh, they're wrapped in plastic bag. bag. Yeah. Wow. 
What else does she uh, bring in? There's like some, some beer like, or some other stuff? No, which she has been known to bring cans of uh, LaCroix into the movie theater. And so you're cracking, uh, LaCroix. <laughs> cracking open LaCroix cans. <laughs> or she'll bring pap, popcorn. Pap, pap smear? <laughs> no, not, no pap smear in the theater. That could get a little loud. Um, no, she'll bring bags of popcorn, but then put it in a big Ziploc or some sort of other plastic bag that just crinkles literally and, turning into your grandparents yes okay okay yes all the it. all the save a buck all all the save a buck ryan says your legs are freaking me out Chad. <laughs> <laughs> i need to lift the uh that's why i'm still wearing jeans oh, good shot there the all right uh, i'll tuck them under so are we going to do a whole episode we'll have to do a whole episode about powdering the boys at some point <laughs> <laughs> I could easily do 45 minutes on that subject, but all right, we'll save that. So to pack it away for the next episode. Yeah. Speaking of uh, packing it in uh, before the next episode or two. So, but you refused to talk about it as a topic because we were discussing it in the car before drinking was the Avengers. So the Avengers is coming up in a couple of weeks. So D and I are doing, Looked up how many movies actually preceded uh, precede Infinity War. Yeah, and we have like seventeen days, I think, before Infinity War, maybe sixteen. She and I have committed to watching all eighteen movies. Really? Before, so we started with Iron Man. We watched Iron Man, and we're going to watch. It is a good movie, and then we're going to watch them in order. We're even going to watch the Hulk. So, some would argue that's seen that rundown. But uh, I mean, they're all they're all good movies. So, so we're I'm, I'm cool with that. We're doing we're doing that. Yeah. So this episode, we were going to talk about you were talking about your daughter watching Quiet Place, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it still hasn't seen Get Out. So we're going to talk about parenting a little bit tonight and how parenting's changed. Yeah. So, I mean, we're. We're veterans at this point. I mean, yeah. Corporal punishment is where you stand. I know this is where you stand on how to parent. It's like strict, just whoop that ass and, and everything else is, is done. Yeah. I mean, I, I never don't thought, admit to that. You better, I, cor- no, you better correct I'm me. moving on. <laughs> like, um, I never thought of myself as old. I still feel really young. It's just when you have like a kid that's like, getting ready to graduate high school, then all of a sudden that makes you start feeling old. Um, but it's so weird how parenting is because, like, when you start out, man, it's just a slog because you're just exhausted. You're tired. It's just constant, you know. It's like you have, like, a high-maintenance, uh, you're, like, a personal assistant. You have, like, high-maintenance client. Like, they always need something, you know. They need, they need something to eat. They need something to drink. They need their diaper changed, you know. It's just constant you know uh, attention yeah and it's all maslov's hierarchy needs i mean it's like the base it's the base needs at the beginning of kind of you know when they're younger it's the base needs so you're not really using you know your brain kind of turns to mush because you're not really using it you're just constantly you know tending to somebody's needs and then it's the transition so weird you know when they get older it becomes less and less physical and more Mm -hmm. and more mental like and now when you have a high schooler that's out driving and she's going to be, you know, going off to college in, you know, three months, all of a sudden you're like, you know, you just, your brain just starts sitting there thinking of everything they could potentially be doing and everything that you were doing when you were, they were, you, 
you were their age, and uh, it's scary. It is scary. Well, and it could be relatively innocuous. I remember when I was, say, your daughter, the older daughter, oldest daughter's yeah. age, just wanting to hang out with my friends and not necessarily even doing anything that nefarious or bad. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like I was shooting up heroin or, yeah, you, know, I mean, you know, chasing down hookers. I was basically... Just being a normal... Just being a... No- wanting to get out and we might TP somebody's house was the worst thing we would do, right? Yeah. But but still, you're out at 3 a.m. or between midnight and 3 a.m., those hours in which nothing good, you know, our parents would tell us nothing good ever happens. Yeah, nothing but trouble after midnight. Yeah. But as we get older, I know you go to bed at like 10. So I've, I've changed. I'm a new man recently, so. All right, you staying up a little later? Yeah. All right. 11. 11. <laughs> so nothing good still ever happens between, yeah. <laughs> between midnight. Literally nothing bad happens after midnight because I'm in bed at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Versus going to Vegas. It's completely different rules. Like one of the guys on, you know, watching you head out to him. You don't even go and get sushi until 3 a.m. Yeah. You know, it's like that 3 a.m. Sushi though. I'd be a little, you know, a suspect of that. Uh, it's high dollar. They fly. It probably just got in from Boston at I'm three. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Ninety nine cents. All you can eat. Yeah. I hear what you're saying though about the mental aspects, and it's so funny. You almost have to run because, you know, my my son being my eldest mm-hmm. is, he'll. It is. It's constantly running some sort of Jedi mind trick, trying to run some sort of Jedi mind trick on him. Just staying one step ahead. Yeah. And what's funny is I'll even use some of those baser needs around, like, look, man, you're only born into this world knowing three things. And everything else has to be acquired. You know how to eat. You know how to sleep. And you know how to defecate. And maybe there's a fourth. You know how to cry. Okay. Right? But those four things are the four things. And everything else in this world has to be learned. Yeah. So you think about that. Then he's like, he'll sit there and go, crap. And he'll think about everything else that fills his day. And I'm like, you know, those are all acquired skills. Yeah. Well, relate how to relate with other people. Those are acquired skills. He has a little girlfriend that he runs around with. I'd still just call her a friend. He's she, learning a lot of skills. Sorry, Becca. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> along those lines, I mean, it's, it's the same deal. Like, um Growing up, I felt like my parents had all the answers. Like, they were just all-knowing. They knew the right thing to do. If I'd ask them something, you know, bam, they'd give me the right answer. Um, And then you have kids, and you realize you're just winging it. Like, you don't really know what you're doing. You're just kind of taking everything on a case-by-case basis. And I've said this to my oldest daughter before. Like, you know, hey, we've never had an oldest daughter before. You're it. So we're we're still trying to figure this one out as we go. And she, she, like... Takes offense to that. Like, no, 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 no. I expect you to know everything. And I'm like, really? Right. Like yeah. there's some sort of book? Yeah, I mean, like, there are plenty of books you can buy on parenting, but. But she's like, you know, no, 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 I, I don't like hearing you say that. Because then that like puts doubt in my mind. I'm like, I'm just trying to be completely real here. Like I've never parented a 17 year old or What would you say where you revert back to though in those scenarios? You have to revert back to something. When you base every decision, even if the scenario changes and the players change, the the situations change, 
I know you guys are, I mean, you and you and I are pretty principled. I, I, you've got to revert back to, to that probably each of those scenarios. Yeah. Right? Well, so. I mean, you revert back to what your parents taught you and, um, you know, my parents did a great job. I, I'm somewhat normal. I mean, I'm not completely normal. That can be argued. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's debatable, but for the most part, I'm, I'm a good person. I like to think, but, um, it's, it's tough because, you know, um, you like to think you're doing the right thing and you're teaching them the right stuff, but you never know for sure. Yep. But I mean, she's 17 and she's a good kid and gets great grades and I have no complaints. Do you guys have that conversation with her about, we'll trust you up until the point you give us a reason not to trust you? Oh, completely. I mean, that's, that's our whole mantra. Like that's on your, that's on your parenting business card. It is like trust is earned. (laughs) And once you burn that currency, like it takes a lot of work to grow it back. So don't do anything, you know, if you get that feeling inside here that something doesn't feel right, that's probably for a reason. So, you know, make good choices and um, just be honest with us. We've always said, too, like, it's going to get 10 times worse if you if you try to lie to us and we find out later. Yep. You know, just, just come clean. I mean, one lesson I've tried to just instill over and over and over in my kids is, like, saying you're sorry. Like, you'd be amazed. I mean, you can really screw up. You can majorly shit the bed (laughs) and just say, I'm sorry, I shit the bed. Yeah. And what's somebody going to say? People are like, oh, okay. That works here in America, the land of second chances. Other places you might have your hands taken off. Yeah, I mean. Or your head. But not in Taliban-controlled countries, so we're, you know, (laughs) we should should be all right, but... Just, you know, being able to say, I mean, that's, no. Goes, I'm somebody, it's hard to say. Like, it's yeah. hard sometimes to say, I'm sorry, but. It goes a long way. Did you start, so I know the truth thing was really important to Becca and me when we were raising our kids. And punishment was even doled out mm-hmm. and differently based on, did we catch you in a lie? Yeah, completely. So you did something wrong, and then if you lied about it. It went from a misdemeanor to, to a, a felony fel- because you, you lied to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, I mean, early, I remember even four, like three and four years old starting that. Truth is, we're going Superman rules here. Truth, justice, and the American way. Absolutely. Because when they're 17 years old and they're out doing their own thing, like, that means the difference between being able to sleep and not. Like, if you can't trust where they're at and what they're doing and that they're making good choices, you're just going to lay there all night, like, when are they going to get home? Watching the clock. But... If they don't, you know, burn you and you still trust them, then all of a sudden it's like, okay, they're going to make good choices. I'm cool with that. Sure. Yeah, no, that makes, I mean, it makes sense. So, Jay, you're you're a little older than our kids there. Not by much. Not by much, but a little older. Your, your folks have a golden rule that, uh, that you... My parents are on board with me. I mean, number one rule is don't lie. My mom always says she hates lies, so... So that was don't don't lie. I lie, I lie it's game over. Don't lie. Don't lie. So the the other big debate about parenting, it'd be interesting to get your guys' take on this a little bit too on parenting is because we'll we'll hear this from our neighbors. You know, we'll we'll be having drinks or whatever with the with the neighbors. You and, have drinks with other people? Yes, we have drinks with other people. I can't spend all twenty four hours, seven days a week with you. I as much as I enjoy your do company. Do you do any more? Any more vlogs with people? No. Okay. All right. No. That's all I need. And my consumption quotient with you is higher probably than any other individual. So there, there you go. There you have it. Okay. And I, I think we parent the same way, yeah. it, or a very similar way, anyway. You know, I don't. 
have, we've grown up, I've grown up around your kids. I've seen kind of how your kids have been raised. You've, you've grown up around my kids and you know, one of them is the ambassador of hugs. So she's about the most loving individual. Yeah, which exactly. Is, and it's funny parenting her too. It's yeah. Giving them why is important, both in the sense of why they shouldn't do certain things, but with her even around we, you know, giving her the why she should continue to do certain. Things. Yeah, that's the other important thing. It's reinforcing certain behaviors. We actually pulled her out of a, a preschool, a pre-K, because they were complaining about her running around and hugging everybody when she was four. Like, and she wouldn't take her naps. The, you know, they had their their naps, and she wouldn't take her nap. And she would instill bother all the teachers and she'd run around and hug everybody. There are worse things to get reprimanded for. And the, then the hug. Yeah. And I mean, now she's in middle school and she still pretty much hugs, not at the same ratio, yeah. but at a similar rate, she's very loving and she's, you know, she's like embodies love. So it's, and I say, you continue to do that as long as it's not. Yeah. You be you. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that's the other wrinkle too, though, is like, Two kids, same parents, they couldn't be more different. So you have to change tactics. I mean, you got to adjust and uh, move on the fly to, because what registers with one isn't going to register with the other one, or you know. Yeah, because you you're out the right le- lever to pull. Because your open, your oldest is more open than your young. Your youngest is more kind of. They're locked. both different in so many ways, but um, yeah, I mean, it's just finding the right thing to that resonates with that kid. Yeah. Get them to open up. Yeah. Exactly. It may just take take different levers. Well, I'm glad I'm glad we can uh bookend this touching moment with another round of triple D. Oh yeah. <laughs> You'd forgotten. I always <laughs> forgot. I was like, oh wow, we wrapped that shit up. No, okay. we're not done. All right, triple we, D. We have another All round right. of triple D. And so folks think I have a heart and then we go straight into this. Well, it kind of like shows the yin and the yang, you know. <laughs> All right, let's do this. <laughs> and so for folks that haven't watched us before, haven't listened to, to us before, to close each show, we'll have a quick Triple D discussion. And that's basically we throw out a scenario and discuss whether it's a dick douche or dumbass move. This week's Triple D move, someone who thinks everyone else is their maid at work. They, you know, they leave dishes in the sink. They piss all over the rim of the toilet seat yes. and don't wipe it off. They, you know, the uh, one of my favorites is the, you know, the paper towel roll gets completely used and it's just the carbon or no, the, cardboard, the, yeah. the cardboard center and it's just sitting there or, you know, the coffee. They, Letting my dishes soak. Oh, well, I'm, I'm really bad about that, actually. Uh, yes. What the hell are you eating at work that it needs to soak? I don't know. I eat a lot of crusty shit, at least at home. Maybe not at work. I was not that way at work. You and I worked together. I was not that way at yes. work. At home, I'm that way. I'll fully admit. Full transparency. Yeah. But, but it's it's definitely, at least in my mind, this is like a, a work versus home thing. And now, granted, I don't know how people live when they're at home. Maybe they leave, you know, the dishes full of, or the sink full of dishes all the time and piss all over the toilet seat. But, um, no, like, it, a little common courtesy, like, we all work here. We have a sink that's this big. Like, put your shit away. Did something happen recently that no, made you? No, no. 
I want to read into this and out, out some folks at your current place of employment. No, <laughs> See, I work at home now, so all the shit that happens at home is at so work. It, it's just kind of like all... I, I, let, I, I let the dishes soak at work now. So... Because you know the maid's coming to pick it up. <laughs> the maid's coming. Well, the one that really also offends me is somebody that drains the coffee and doesn't brew more coffee. Yes. That is rude. That is way, Very way rude. rude. So we're, we're in, we're in, uh, you're getting off. All right. All right. We're good. Terry Tate. Jay, have you seen Terry Tate, the office linebacker? All right. Before you leave tonight, I'm making you watch Terry Tate, the office linebacker. What is it? What is it? You'll, 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 you'll see. see. Uh, you'll it see. It's classic. I will put it in the comments too. There are a couple things I've mentioned to put in the comments. And one was the garage band and then there was Terry Tate. Yeah. I'm playing project manager. Okay. But for this yes. week's Triple D, um, at least in my mind, it's a dick move because everybody knows you put dirty dishes in the sink, put that shit in the dishwasher. It's not hard. I mean, I don't know how you go to the bathroom at home, but don't piss all over the seat. It seems pretty, uh, pretty obvious. I would agree. That's not new behavior. I would even, I would agree even if the, there are moments where my brothers exhibit this. On a perpetual basis, not in my house. Not, not well. They're not invited to your house. We're very selective. I, I know, I'm just saying, though, like, not in my house. We're very selective and careful of where. I we mean, if I come them. to your house and you want to piss all over the seat, I don't like it. But it's, it's your, your house. house. Yeah, you it's your house. You Beck and I've had this conversation though in regards to it's like, is it a dick move? Is the putting the dish in the sink a symptom or the root cause? Right. So to me, it's like, even if it's just the symptom, the root cause is you're not thinking about others, which yes. to me is a dick move. Yes. So I would agree with you. But the doing all those aforementioned things are symptoms. The root cause is you're not conscious of other people, which to me is a dick, kind of a dick move. You're never really thinking about other people. Yeah. Thanks for hanging with us tonight. If you enjoyed today's episode, go out to the He Says, She Says Casey Facebook page. Like, follow us if you haven't already. We, got some new, we get some new followers every week, which is awesome. Also, check out the He Says, She Says Casey blog. And you can, last week we mentioned this, you can subscribe to us and rate us. I saw a couple actual ratings and comments. One looked legit. The other looked really fake. And who knows who did that? He looks very, very guilty. Uh, we are on iTunes, SoundCloud, and that plastic surgeon known as Stitcher. So you can find us on Stitcher. But one iTunes comment is completely fake and rating. I'm just going to admit that now. So please, by golly, go out and like and comment so we have legitimate feedback. Thank you. Have a good night, all. Take care. <laughs>